Welcome to the Talking Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Will Cheshire. And in this podcast, I speak with impact-driven founders and share their real-time stories about how their solution has a positive impact on society. This is a show for founders, investors, and all individuals looking for some positivity and optimism as you hear from people working hard to help better our society and our planet. You can expect to learn about some awesome new products and services in this show that will bring you more hope in our quest to solve some of society's biggest issues. Let's dive in to this week's episode of the Talking Solutions Podcast. We're starting off the 2023 podcast season on the Talking Solutions Podcast, focusing on tips and solutions for founders and business owners to create a more sustainable business. I sit down with the co-founders of Moiti Consulting, Lydia Martin and Emma Walsh. Moiti Consulting creates tailored strategies to embed sustainability into your operations and policies by addressing your company's social and environmental impact. Both Lydia and Emma specialize in different areas, with Lydia focusing on environmental policy and supply chains, while Emma focuses on optimizing your marketing strategies to be more sustainable. This was a very interesting episode for me because I'm actively trying to run a more sustainable business myself. And I also think a more ethical and sustainable business practice will become much more common as the years continue to progress and we learn more and more about the changing climate. There's lots to learn about running a sustainable business in this podcast episode, so let's get to it. It's another edition of the Talking Solutions podcast. And in this episode, we're focusing on sustainable business consulting and how to make your company more sustainable. I'm sitting down with the co-founders of Moiti Consulting, Emma Walsh and Lydia Martin with us today. And how are you two doing? Emma, how are you doing? We're doing so well. Thanks for having us on, Will. Thanks for coming on. And Lydia, how are you? Yes, really excited to be here. We're big fans of the show. <laughs> so we are glad to be here with you. Fantastic. I appreciate it. And you all are calling in from Bulgaria, correct? On the European side. Yeah, we're in Bulgaria right now. But I'm Irish and Lydia is Spanish. So on another time, we could be in a different part of Europe. <laughs> hey, hey, you got to love that flexibility, don't you? And, and thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited to have this conversation, you know, obviously for me and, and what I'm about in the show is very much about impact-driven solutions. And you all are doing a, a fantastic job at promoting kind of climate positivity, sustainable consultancy for businesses and things. So really excited to dive in and, and figure out more and learn more about that solution. But before we do so, I'd love to hear a little bit of backgrounds uh, about yourselves. You mentioned uh, Lydia from Spain, Emma from Ireland, but you're in Bulgaria now and you are co-founders of this company. So we'd love to hear uh, your backgrounds and, and what kind of brought you to, to go into business together. And, and so uh, Lydia, we'll, we'll start with you. I go way back with sustainability and climate. I have been doing advocacy for many years and communication. I was, um, I've been doing, um, working on campaigns to raise awareness about sustainable fashion and sustainability as a whole on social media for a very long time. Um, and then I just, it, it just, it was like a natural progression getting into into consulting. I I started getting into consulting three years ago, and uh, at the beginning of this year, I partnered with Emma. Uh, so sustainability is my niche. It has been my niche since the beginning. So Emma, if you 
want to go? Yeah, so sustainability was Lydia's niche and my niche was actually the spirits and wine industry. That's where I started my career. So I, I did marketing for my bachelor and then I started as I, I ended up uh, four years later as the brand, brand development executive for a very well-known whiskey brand for all of the Balkans. That's how I ended up in Bulgaria. Um, but through time, my favorite part of my job was the sustainability side. Um, we, it was always really important throughout my role. And then I ended up doing a project for someone in Ireland, which was bar-related, sustainability-related. I had to learn more and bone up on my knowledge for that project. And then I realized, okay, this is actually what I want to do totally. And I quit my part-time job. And around that time, Lydia was also thinking about doing consulting full-time. We were like, hey, why do we do this together? <laughs> So it worked out so well. Oh, that's fantastic. A wonderful story. And funny how the timing just lines up perfectly, right? Exactly. And it works great. And and let's get into it. Let's talk about it a little bit as well and why there is such a need for your services and your abilities. You know, one thing that I've kind of noticed with a lot of the companies that I look at and work with is, is a lot of the time it's the kind of the system and, and the way it's built to manage things to start is that startups and businesses in general, small businesses, it's challenging to be sustainable. So why is it that you think that they operate unsustainably by default on that? And, and Lydia, I'll let you take this one. Businesses and startups, they exist in a context, right? In, in, in a system, as you said. And this system, we know that it's uh, imperfect. It's not the best system for planet or for people. Um, and that is essentially why us as consumers, um, we also have to make decisions in our daily lives about what we consume, how we consume, how responsibly we do it. And it's the same for businesses. Um, these decisions can be very frustrating just because they exist in a system where metrics are GDP and cash flows. And if they want to go beyond and take care of the environment or of ethical concerns, it is not natural in the current system. So they have to go above and beyond and take extra steps and they need a lot of knowledge. And that's exactly where we come in. Exactly. That's the need that you fit. That's very interesting on that front too. You mentioned kind of the lack of maybe awareness and knowledge that's around running a sustainable business. You know, for me, I, I know a lot about kind of the sustainable web, which is a way that uh, it is great to reduce kind of your digital eco uh, footprint and within your marketing practices as well. But what I also learned while learning more about sustainable web are the different ways that you can actually be more sustainable through your actual marketing practices, kind of being more intentional and things of that nature. And I thought that was really interesting. And, and, and Emma, I'd be curious to hear a little bit more about that because I know that's kind of more your specialty is in that marketing. And, and how do you kind of make things green marketing? When was this kind of thing that companies started to get worried about and, and ways that you can actually kind of be more green, but but first and foremost, just the challenges of being green in your marketing practices. I, w I could talk for a whole other pod podcast on this only, but this is exactly it. It's the importance of ethical marketing or ESG marketing or sustainable sustainability marketing, however you want to call it, is that um, it's, the marketing is the messaging and you need to be marketing an ethical product in the first place. So it's not just about the message that you're putting out. It's about making sure that your business is ultimately sustainable. And then the message that you put out after that can be sustainable, right? And if you try to put out a message that seems ethical when your product, service, business is actually not sustainable, not ethical, we know what that's called. We know that's called greenwashing. So step number one is actually making sure your business is running in a way that's even worth communicating. But the fact that businesses are now thinking about green marketing and how to market 
to their target customer and show that they are green is a really positive thing because it means consumers want it. Consumers are calling for it. So it's a it's a nice new trend that people need to realize how to structure their business and their marketing aligned together. Right. And Emma, you, you mentioned one thing in there as well, and, and you see this all the time with greenwashing, right? And things of that nature. One thing that I kind of see with small businesses uh, or, or early stage startups is that they they fall into that trap of trying to do everything at once, right? And if they're an impact-driven kind of startup founder or anything like that, they're trying to be super sustainable while trying to make some profit, while also trying to get new leads, while also trying to develop their app or their product, while also trying to market and sales and all of these things. And it can be, you know, quite overwhelming on that front too. So when you kind of come in and approach and you see that problem where maybe their product is not as uh, sustainable as it could be, and then you're kind of coming into the marketing. What are kind of some of the, the the challenges as a startup founder they face if they're new to the marketing to kind of learn about it? Is it easy to get these resources and learn online these days? Or like where are some of the, the best opportunities to kind of figure it out and kind of learn a bit about it so that you don't unintentionally become, uh, you know, someone who's greenwashing, even though, you know, you're trying, but you just can't keep up with with all the the challenges. Exactly. I mean, of course, we're biased. We would have we would say that you could come to a sustainability consultant like us. Of course, there's always advice out there for how you could do it. But I, the advice that I would give to anyone starting up right now is it's harder to build something unsustainable and then try to make it sustainable later. Just try to ask yourself these questions during your startup try to think is your idea sustainable and can you can you make your business plan sustainable from the get-go or can you make it more sustainable from the get-go um does your SWOT analysis look at threats and risks in the future that are environmental social does your SWOT analysis include this because if it doesn't um, your investors maybe later in life will not look at you if you don't look future-proofed if you haven't taken those sustainability uh, risk factors into consideration now at the startup phase. So don't leave it till later. Are you being legally compliant? Are you checking those regulations? And the last thing is you need to ask yourself, n- not do I care because that's not the issue. The issue is do your customers care? Do the people that you're trying to sell to care about sustainability? And when the answer is yes, come to us, we'll help you. <laughs> 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 yes, and just, there we to go. That, no, yes, yes, to build on that, I think that uh, the challenge really starts uh, with the business owner or with the startup founder. Like sometimes uh, they're not aware of how deep uh, their impacts, impacts go. For example, we had one client in the hospitality sector that was not aware of the environmental impact of food waste. And he thought, you know, he was taking great steps in other areas of his business. And it, he was really shocked to learn to learn that even food waste, something that biodegrades in theory, uh, has a very negative environmental impact. So the work really starts there in, uh, in sort of educating them first, because if there's a commitment in leadership roles or, you know, from the founder, from the owner, then things are way easier. Yeah, that's a really great point on that front as well. It's like how much that that person may not even know too in the education and the learning about it. Like, you know, hey, food waste, that's a complete other one and, and alternatives to the other stuff I'm already doing. I can kind of build on that too. And, and within those uh, recommendations, Emma and Lydia, talking about your services and everything that, that y'all provide that you can help these companies and these startups and, and kind of do it to become more 
you know, kind of net positive within their business, more sustainable in their marketing as well. I would love to just hear exactly how you do that. You know, what are all the services that you provide for your consulting business and, and how you can go about to implement kind of those solutions. So Lydia, if you want to uh, just kind of take it away and, and tell us a little bit about all the services that you all provide. Let's take a quick time out for our first book recommendation of the 2023 year. I want to recommend the book, The Clean Money Revolution by Joel Solomon, as I feel it's an appropriate recommendation with this podcast episode. The book highlights the importance of more conscious capitalism and how we should be focusing our business practices on being more sustainable as we race towards 2050, where we're expected to exchange $50 trillion here in North America. It's a fantastic read with lots of great insights from Solomon professional career as a thought leader in the sustainability space, while also providing solutions to work towards making capitalism more sustainable. So let's jump back into our conversation about how you can make your business more sustainable with Lydia and Emma. So we essentially, we help businesses create strategies that help them create profit but also take care of the planet and of the workers, of any stakeholder. Um, we don't discriminate in uh, terms of sizes or sectors. Um, we just want to work with people who are truly committed to having a positive impact. We're very solution-oriented and we're very impact-oriented. So we are not into just ticking boxes, into only basic legal compliance with basic environmental guidelines. We really want you as a business owner or as, a, as an entrepreneur to be aware that things are going to take some work, uh, but they're going to be worth it. So we um, like to start the whole process with assessing where your business is at right now, or if it's a startup or a, a, um, or a business plan, not a, not a, not a proper um, company yet. Uh, we look at where things are, right? Like we assess... What are the, the impacts that you have now, your emissions? Like we look at different metrics. We look at the at the business model. Is it a sustainable business model from a financial and from a, an environmental point of view from the in, in both uh, senses? And then we go on, we create a report that then helps us create a roadmap for, for the business. And then we help them impl implement this, uh, this roadmap. And then we try and monitor as much as we can the process the, the the progress and if um, if our recommendations are actually being taken into consideration and so on so this is sort of the ideal service that we would provide provide all our clients with of course then there are some businesses that need more attention in some areas some businesses need more attention in others um, and right now, of course, I think Emma can uh, can take it away now. But um, the sort of last element of uh, of our complete services is actually marketing and training and guidance to so marketing externally and internally training the staff and the leadership roles in in our sustainability practices. Yeah, and, and Emma, do you want to kind of build on that a little bit with the marketing? You know, if you have seen. Emma and Lydia, if you've brought us into your business, if we have done the work and you're putting in the hard work of making your business sustainable, you want to reap the rewards. And being able to be as transparent about that and communicate that to the very best of your ability is so valuable, you know? But then there's also a fine line. You don't you you do want to show what you've been doing, but you also don't want to 
communicate it like you're doing everything perfect as well. So it's such a fine line ethically, um, which is why we provide a lot of training to marketing teams on how best to kind of manage that. So that's why it's our like cherry on the top of our services. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cherry on top, if you will. And, and that was a very energetic response there. Thank I'm you. glad that we waited for it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's perfect on, on, on that front as well, because it is like you want to see the results of, of your hard work, right? I mean, you've been sustainable. You've put in all this effort to be more sustainable. People know that you're sustainable now, but you know, the, the best part of it is actually executing it and seeing some of those results for your business. So not only are you being more sustainable and creating a better ecosystem, but you're providing a solution to you know, whatever that might be in your in your business practice, that's ultimately going to continue to kind of snowball effect down and stuff, which I think is really important. Lydia, I would also like to go and after kind of building on that with your services, you, you kind of talked a lot about, you know, it, it seems like it's a lot of education kind of coming in and how do you implement it in certain parts and things of that nature as well. If I'm a business and I'm wondering, okay, this all sounds great, but what are going to be like my major benefits? What are going to be the, the things that really stand out to kind of change uh, my company from a culture, from a sustainability perspective, you know, what are what are the, the big kind of major benefits that your clients see when you work with them? Yeah, of course. I love this question because usually when you talk to, when you talk to a business owner, they think that any investment in sustainability is uh, is not really an investment. It's just money that you lose to invest, I don't know, in, in energy efficiency or something, and that money goes nowhere. But actually, there is a lot of financial benefit to, to implementing sustainability practices. First of all, you're going to gain customers, you're going to attract investors, so you're going to get be getting that direct uh, benefit. You're going to see that money come in because we know that customers are more interested than ever and more knowledgeable than ever in sustainability. And a smart investor is going to invest in a future-proof business, and a sustainable business is a future-proof business. So those are like the main direct um, benefits to to implementing sustainability. Then there are others that uh, really are more relative. They depend on, on your industry. They depend on your size or even where you are geographically. Uh, you can also stay ahead of trends, for example. This, this as, I, as I have mentioned, is a, rel- a very relative indicator, but... Um, but for example, in the European Union, where we are based right now, in a few years, medium SMEs, uh, medium businesses and small businesses are not going to have the, the let's say, the luxury to decide whether they want to be sustainable or not. They will have to be sustainable by law, essentially. Um, and then, of course, it increases your brand equity. It can reduce costs. There are many, there are truly many benefits. Then we can also get like all philosophical and idealistic and say that it also helps, you know, align your, aligning your business with your values is also something very nice to do. But, but there are many, many benefits that are more tangible. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I mean, number one, values are most important, right? I mean, if you're, if you're creating a company that's not aligned with your values, then you're probably going to lose your motivation. You're probably going to lose your drive to kind of build that company. So I think aligning your values accurately is super important there. And you mentioned a couple of things about policy within the EU as well, which I know is pretty different from the US uh, where I'm located over here. Can you just kind of talk to us about, like, I, I know France, for example, just did something where in a parking garage, Every parking garage could have solar panels or something like that, which here in the U.S., we don't really have any of those. Uh, I can't speak for some of the local levels. You know, obviously, we have our states here and each state is more or less kind of like a country where it can kind of dictate its own you know, laws and things of that nature to an extent. So 
I'd love to hear just kind of a little bit more about kind of the policies in the EU in general, if you are familiar with them and stuff around sustainability, because I know I see, you know, articles about that all the time and, and how that impacts businesses that are over in the EU to kind of execute these more sustainable practices. Yeah, of course. And this is a topic that I love. My background is in international politics. So I could talk about this for days, just like Emma with marketing. Um, so basically, uh, individual countries are taking steps uh, to, to, you know, uh, um, do their bit for the, the, for the fight against climate change to reach the carbonization goals. As a block, the European Union has this very ambitious goal of becoming the first carbon neutral continent by 2050. It is ambitious, but uh, <laughs> this, this goal is not, um, it's not living in a vacuum, let's say. There is a lot of regulation and a lot of like, legislation that surrounds it. Of course, the European Union is, is leading in terms of uh, in terms of regulations for sustainability. We have what is called the European Green Deal, uh, which maybe sounds familiar to US and American, uh, with the new Green Deal that was proposed a couple of years ago in the States. Um, and well, for example, there there's one element of it called the CSRD. Uh, which is a directive that is uh, going to force uh, SMEs and businesses certain with certain characteristics to disclose their environmental impact, to back their claims. So um, this is happening and this is happening fast. Uh, SMEs will already have to be reporting in less than, less than three years. Um, to comply with only this directive. And just like this one directive, there are many other regulations that each individual country has to apply into their internal uh, legislative bodies. So they have to implement uh, regulations nationally so that they become part of national law, if that makes sense. So there is, uh, at every single level, level, there's a lot of pressure from from policymakers. And I think that's that's a such an important aspect of being able to actually progress in the climate change. You know, obviously for me I put a lot of emphasis on businesses, on startups. I'm a big believer in businesses ability to solve problems uh, better so than the government in some situations, but I think the one thing that the government can do the best is to support and implement policies and legislation that's going to kind of align with those values and, and give them incentives to do it, right? So I think that's really interesting and something the Euro European Union is much more advanced on than the U.S. But, uh, you know, the difference between the U U.S. and Europe, for the most part, is that uh, Europe doesn't really politicize climate change like we do. So there are some challenges there. But Lydia, you mentioned one thing led to a question that I have for Emma on this front, and, and that was that they're going to have to disclose in some parts and within three years or so of their overall kind of uh, impact and sustainability and things of that nature. Emma, I would love to kind of hear your perspective on the best ways for companies and startups to kind of market themselves as being a sustainable organization, right? Obviously, as long as they're not kind of greenwashing and they're not doing any of the things that, you know, would be like lying or anything like that. But, you know, what are some of the best ways that companies can kind of market themselves and uh, and make sure that their consumers know that they follow, you know, not maybe not even just sustainable practices, but ethical fair labor and things mm -hmm. of that nature as well, as well. The best way is to make sure you're following all four of these points at the same time. Uh, responsibility, fairness, transparency, and honesty. And these are not just buzz buzzwords. They have very specific meanings behind them, exactly like what you just said in terms of fairness. That's not just 
That's ensuring that your business is fair all along the supply chain, prices, wages, um, labor laws, all of that stuff, making sure that all of that is ticked, all of those boxes are ticked along your full supply chain, being honest, we we spoke about already, and then being transparent about everything that you're doing. So what I would say is make sure that you're not worried about being perfect, but just be honest with where you're at in your journey. And if you are being respond, and by responsibility is that fourth word, it's a huge, huge word. But what it means is if you are ethical in a business and therefore marketing that, um, you should know your responsibility as an entrepreneur, your responsibility as a storyteller. Like you just said, well, um, the responsibility that a business has and the impact that a business can have is incredible. And feeling that responsibility will help I think be your guiding star with with making different decisions and with making the call as to what your marketing campaign should be. And especially if your target market is, let's say a vulnerable group is a niche group. You have a, you have a tremendous, you have a tremendous responsibility to make sure that you're being honest and transparent in your marketing. So just do those four and you'll be fine. Perfect. Follow the four, right? If not, just hire yourself. (laughs) <laughs> and then you got it. Uh, I mean, we're kind of we fun too. <laughs> uh, Lydia, within that as well, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about to follow up on on the legislation and things too on that front is, you know, I feel like that that stuff, at least at least for me as a business owner myself, it's kind of difficult for me to find, you know, legislations and stuff. You know, I got the Department of, of Tax and Revenue calling me sometimes saying, oh, you missed this estate excise tax. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. You know, like, wh- what is that? And so w- my question to you, is you know what are some tips and and ways that people and business owners, startup founders, small business owners, you know people in leadership positions, whatever it might be, how can they kind of go about and and make sure that they're understanding and and seeing these new legislation changes that seem to be happening at a more and more frequent rate, especially as we continue to get more information. Yes, I completely agree. It's such a complex area. I I love it, but it is a nightmare uh, because it's constantly changing. It really depends on your geography. There are even some some regions, not even countries in, in Europe that have different regulations. So yes, it's difficult to navigate. But my number one tip is always like just be be informed, read the news, watch the news, listen to the news. Um, because that, that's a way to to get as much input as you can without getting overwhelmed. Because you don't you don't want to go to the website of uh, in our case of the European Parliament and read 20 pages on a decision on I don't know, sustainable financial decisions and try to find out if that applies to you or not. So um, it is very overwhelming. So I would just recommend to constantly staying informed about your sector, about the the, the environment that you're operating in. And of course, if you need help, just seek it because it's way better investing on being safe than having to pay a very large fine after you... You, you step the boundary. Absolutely. Better to put up that upfront work of, of doing the reading and understanding or at least putting it into a habitual part of your day where you're kind of digesting the news or something like that versus, you know, having my situation where I get a phone call and I go, oh, what the hell is this? Oh, no. You know, and then I'm scrambling to figure it out, calling an accountant. So definitely much better ways to to implement that on that front. So that's really good uh, advice there. Um, putting on Google Emma? alerts also. It is another way to help stay informed. So someone's actively 
um, jumping in with a notification being like, this came up with to do with regulation in your industry, blah, blah, blah. Google alerts. Okay, interesting. I wasn't aware about Google alerts. So we'll make sure that we kind of add that in on that front as well. You know, and, and, and Emma, with that, what types of businesses do you all kind of primarily work for? Do you kind of have a niche in a sector or is it really any companies that are trying to be more sustainable and, and implement these? Or, you know, what are kind of the things that you all look for in terms of your own kind of clients? Um, in terms of our niches between us two, um, I focus more on bar and restaurant hospitality, uh, kitchen, event management, tourism, travel. And Lydia has an incredible expertise on fashion, but also she has a lot of uh, knowledge on supply chain management, circular economy, etc. So between the two of us, we're covering a lot. And then if there are any other industries that pop up, we have lots of other external little consultants on board that come in and support us. So we we're not trying to we're not trying to choose our clients based on industry. We're trying to choose them, as Lydia said, based on their intention to create an, a positive impact. You know, um, we 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 will not work with someone who um, only wants to use our name to tick a box, even if we do have expertise in their business. So, um, all shapes, sizes, industry as long as you want to create something worthwhile, valuable and positive. Fantastic. And, and within your, your experiences and whatnot, I, I know it's a relatively new consultancy and things of that nature as well. But just within your professional experience uh, over the years, what have you kind of seen as some changes within the sustainability space over on specifically the European continent, whether it be over in the UK or the European, Western, Eastern, uh, whatever it might be? What have you kind of seen evolve since you've started your professional journey into now? Because I feel like sustainability and in, in companies and founders and owners and everything of that nature, they seem to be more and more concerned. It seems to be something that they're willing to invest in more, especially as the days pass and more information comes out. So uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about um, what you've kind of learned in professional experiences in terms of how you've seen that progress since you've started. I think maybe I can take this one because I have been longer in the sustainability bubble. Well, right now, like a million percent, the biggest difference is that today businesses are aware of what sustainability means. Even three years ago, where, yeah, like 2019, 2018, many people had never heard the word sustainability in this context of environment and, and ESG, right? And now it's become such a household term, even a bit buzzworthy. But uh, it is a household term and businesses are aware of it. Businesses are aware that, uh, of the fact that they can apply it, uh, apply the principles of sustainability and responsibility into their operations. And a few years ago, it was not like that. A few years ago, uh, the need for consulting services in sustainability was coming either from the space of compliance. So going back again to to, to regulation, or it was coming from businesses that were already pretty advanced in terms of sustainability. So this has also created a sort of market shift. Now there is there's a large space here to, to fill. Right. And, and within that as well, you, you, I would be curious to kind of building off of that question and, and the knowledge and the understanding from 2018 to 19. Do you see that uh, as well in your experience with kind of supply chain and, and understanding that? Do you see that the supply chains are getting better? Because I know obviously right now, you know, in some parts 
we have an issue with supply chain at that time, right? But do you see that as a whole in general increasing in that even supply chains are getting more sustainable? Well, now it's like a tricky time for supply chain, uh, for supply chains, especially in the, in if we talk about tech, for example, that's, that's a different topic right now. But um, yes, what I've been noticing is uh, there's way more transparency especially since after the pandemic. Um, more consumers are demanding uh, transparency and responsibility, and they want to know, for example, where their clothes were made, by whom, with which materials. So there is this demand for transparency, and in some, in some cases we are seeing that uh, supply chains are being way more, way more honest, way more clear, and they are traceable. Like the, back uh, even three years ago, sometimes it was impossible to trace some supply chains uh, in, in the textile sector, even from brands that said to be sourcing their materials sustainably. You cannot imagine. So in terms of transparency, 100%. That's great. That's fantastic to hear that is kind of progressing on that front as well, um, because that's going to be something that I think plays a really big role in uh, the fight against climate change and trying to reduce the footprint because of how much is actually within the supply chain that can be fixed there as well. Emma, you talked a lot earlier when you were doing your marketing and, and the importance for companies in their marketing. And a lot of what they are doing is they're kind of learning and their education and it's kind of knowledge within that kind of marketing as well. I'm curious to learn a little bit more about um, how you've learned and what you've kind of evolved into a little bit as well from you know, like you had mentioned before, a completely different industry uh, in the in the beverage beverage and spirit space, right? And now into kind of more sustainable marketing practices as well. You know, what are some of the biggest takeaways you've taken in trying to be a more sustainable marketer in and of uh, yourself? My my last couple of years have been a huge learning curve. So where where it started was I I was asked to do to create a marketing campaign that was around sustainability for a restaurant in my hometown, and I was like, okay, let's do let's do a let's do a nice little like seasonal m menu and let's tell everybody that we're doing the seasonal menu for example and then when i started checking and okay so what's in season okay okay but where is that coming from all right so um how what's the carbon emissions rate to that oh my goodness okay let's not do like let's do local as well and then and then i got down this rabbit hole of of okay you can't just do one thing and you need to have, I, I don't like this word because it, it means a lot of things, but holistic. You need to have a holistic view to everything that you're saying. And this is why I got into sustainability because I, I refused to put my name behind a message that I couldn't stand by. And then I was months in the hole of being like, how do we actually create a sustainable marketing campaign then? Because we need to do all of this. So I think what I've learned is that it's with, with anyone's sustainability journey, whether it's a business or a person's, it's okay to not know, but it's not okay to stick your head in the sand. And I would stand by that wholeheartedly and just keep trying to learn, keep asking questions from your suppliers, from, from all of your stakeholders and keep demanding more. And I, I've learned that it's okay to say that. The age of information, we're constantly getting new information. We're learning new things. Scientists are more innovative than ever before. And so there's a lot to continue to learn. Um, so I think that's a great uh, a great mindset to have as you continue to move forward with it. And on that note, Lydia, what about yourself as a as a, as a founder yourself and you know somebody who's gone into business? Um, what have you learned kind of as a business owner and, and startup and, and kind of about maybe about yourself and, and just about being in business in general? I have really learned how to speak the same language as my target. 
right? I come from a communi communication background, right? Like I was uh, always doing advocacy and I've always been an activist. Uh, so I was very used to, to you know, trying to pass on the message of, uh, you know, let's not consume sustainable, fa uh, sorry, fast fashion, uh, for example, in a very different way to what I say now that I am approaching business owners. For example, I, I, I still, I'm, a, I'm an activist at heart, but, you know, I have tried to really tailor the message to, to the person that I'm talking with. And I have found out how important it is to, to actually do that in order to get people um, on board and excited, get them excited about taking, uh, taking steps uh, towards sustainability. And of course, Emma has, uh, has had a lot, of, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot to do with this, with opening my mind in this sense, you know, like her little marketer brain. Um, so yes, for me, that's it. It's so important to really speak the same language as your, as your target and, and be, and be open to really listen to their needs and their wants, because sometimes what they want or they, or, or what they, or what they need doesn't really align with, um, my ideal situation as their sustainability consultant. So it's really important also to to keep an open mind. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that's that's really great actually, and something that I've learned as well. You know, I think communication is arguably the most important skill any one human can have, right? Because if you're able to communicate with people effectively and in in an efficient manner, that can really open a lot of doors and uh, do a lot of positive things for you as well. So fantastic to hear about what you both have kind of learned in your journeys as well. But what's in store? for the future what do we have kind of going on in the future of moiety consulting what is it that you want to kind of implement or, or anything like that especially as we are in the the 2023 calendar year and, and kind of moving towards it so love to hear a little bit more about the future plans for whomever wants to take this one I want to take a quick break to remind you that the Talkin' Solutions podcast newsletter is out and currently active. You'll be able to get behind the scenes content for each episode and you'll learn more about what each founder and startup is doing and that I highlight on the show. You can also expect to get much more in-depth information about how to be a more sustainable consumer and a conscious consumer while also getting up-to-date news in the impact investing and social entrepreneurship world. I got lots of fun things planned for this newsletter here in 2023, and I highly encourage you to sign up and you can do so by checking out the Instagram Talking Solutions podcast and also the LinkedIn account as well at Talking Solutions podcast. Now, let's get back into our conversation with Lydia and Emma from Moiti Consulting. We're not going to give it all away on the first date, but we are incredibly excited for 2023. We we know why moiety exists and we know that the skills that we have paired with the passion that we have to get that job done is is going to have such a positive impact so the goal for moiety is to find a way that we can democratize our services we don't if we are uh, one woman for one hour in one consultation that's incredible but right now we are in a mixing pot to figure out the the best way to scale our knowledge so that we can really democratize this and make sustainable development accessible to all shapes and sizes. Stay tuned. There we go. Podcast episode number two, one year from now in review. 
There we go. Did they achieve it? No, that's great. I mean, I think that that's really important if you can try to put this into a lens and something that every company can do, especially what I was kind of alluding to earlier, you know, especially those early stage startups where, you know, that founder is kind of wearing multiple hats and they want to be more sustainable, but it's difficult to be more sustainable because they also have to make money. And and so they focus on different aspects and, you know, only one person has so many hands, right? I think that uh, making it more accessible and figuring out a way to do so is going to be something that's going to provide some tremendous value and growth in the future uh, on that front as well. But I want to hear more about how people can get in touch with you. So we we know about your services. We know about the importance of running a a more sustainable company now and things of that nature. So, uh, So how can people find out more information and get in contact with you? Is it via social media? Is it via your website? Uh, you know, what are the best ways to to learn more and get in touch and, and also learn more about uh, building a more sustainable business in general? Yeah, of course, we're on social media. Our handle is everywhere at Moyeti Consults. Uh, we are also on, uh, on LinkedIn. We're very active there. Emma is great at that. <laughs> and also our website is uh, moyeticonsulting.com. Uh, we love talking with people on our DMs. Um, we're more active there than on the grid, actually. <laughs> so, so our DMs are always open for for whoever has questions or wants to learn more about what we do. Awesome, open invitation. If you got any questions regarding sustainability and things of that nature, they will geek out with you on it. So definitely make sure to send a DM there to learn some more information. I know that your website has some a resource section as well with uh, I think what's it called, Susty Hub. Yeah, the Susty Hub. Yeah. You can find there it is. all there things it is. I remember seeing interesting, that. yeah, sustainability uh, blogs that are relevant for different industries across the board. Fantastic, fantastic. And then, of course, you can find that website at moiteconsulting.com. That's M-O-I-E-T-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G, consulting.com. And then follow them over on social media platforms, including LinkedIn and Instagram as well. Is there anything that any of you two would like to add that maybe we may have missed on this podcast episode to provide some more information? I would just like to add that I think Lydia touched on it a little bit earlier that the word sustainability for good and for bad has become a little bit buzzwordy, um, but I think it's like any it rose to fame so quick that it's being thrown around a lot. Um, but if anybody got to the end of this podcast thinking that we didn't get to anything specific, write to us and we will get to it specific. You know, right now we're talking big picture things, but sustainability is not just a buzzword. It's a solution. It's a means to making your business profitable and we can show you that. So just reach out. Oh, that was such a good. There's the sales pitch, putting the putting that marketing sales hat on right there. I'm like, no, fantastic, and and uh, you know I agree. I mean I think that uh, if you're looking to learn more about it, there's so much more in depth. You 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 two both mentioned earlier. You know your specialty is in marketing, Emma, and you, you could talk all day about it. You know we could have a separate podcast episode surrounding green marketing and eco marketing practices and actually how to implement that. And Lydia, you talked about you know, being international policy and politics and learning about legislation. We could have a whole new episode talking about that in general. You know, I got enough questions for the both of you there. So perhaps we'll have to, uh, you know, slot that in at some point in 2023 as well. But I thank you both so much for coming on the show and, and for just educating us a little bit more on the importance of running a more sustainable startup, a more sustainable business, a more sustainable consultancy, uh, you know, whatever it is th- that you might have for the business model, no matter what your kind of industry or sector is. So thank you both so much for coming on the show. Uh, I've enjoyed this conversation. Thank you very much, Will. There it is, 2023. Those are the co-founders of Moiti Consulting, Emma Walsh 
Walsh and Lydia Martin joining us here on the Talk and Solutions podcast. That is going to wrap up this edition of the show. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, I'd appreciate a little support myself, some subscription perhaps, or subscribe, I should say. There's no paid subscription. Don't worry, you're good there. And then, uh, of course, a five-star review would be great. And then if you want to sign up for the newsletter, you can do so and then get some more behind-the-scenes access and things of that nature as well about other great impact-driven founders that are providing solutions to some societal problems problem. So hope everybody has a great rest of their week. And I look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Talking Solutions podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode and check out all of our guests on our website at cheshtech.com. That's C-H-E-S-H-T-E-C-H.com to learn more as we continue our mission of supporting impact-driven founders. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Talkin' Solutions Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Talkin' Solutions. If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate a review and a recommendation to a friend as we focus on highlighting these great founders and individuals providing solutions to societal problems and bringing optimism into the world.